Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good day, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of the Extra Frame Podcast. This is episode three, and today we have a lot to uncover in many different sports leagues. It has been an exciting past week for sports, and NBA, NHL, MLB, and yes, now the NFL, they're all into action. So let's let's begin with the NBA uh, last night's game between the Boston Celtics and Toronto Raptors. What a game that was! Double overtime. The Raptors ended up winning the game 125 to 122. Kyle Lowry showed everyone why he's the greatest Raptor of all time. Norm Powell, fantastic off the bench with 20 points. OG Ananobi again hitting another clutch three. Now with the NBA right now, we we have the Miami Heat who have locked in their spot to the Eastern Conference Finals. We have the LA Clippers who are currently up 3-1 in their series, and they're going to beat Denver. The LA Lakers are definitely going to beat the Houston Rockets. So basically, the only series that are that's really interesting right now in terms of NBA is the Raptors and Celtics, which is going to Game 7, which Game 7 is played tomorrow, Friday, September 11th at 9 o'clock Eastern Time. So let's talk about what to expect in the Game 7 involving the Toronto Raptors and the Boston Celtics, two very good teams, two very talented teams, and two teams that stack up very well against each other. So when you see the Boston Celtics, their starting five is phenomenal. They got Kemba Walker at the one. They got Marcus Smart at the two. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Daniel Tice. The Raptors have Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Vliet, OG, Pascal, and Mark Gasol. So when you look at the lineups, they're very similar. Now, I'd say Boston has a bit more star power up front, especially because I think Jason Tatum is better than both OG and Pascal Siakam. But with that being said... OG and Anobi has hit some pretty clutch shots for the Toronto Raptors. And going into Game 7, I had Boston in 6 in the series, not going to lie. But going into Game 7, I'm going to choose the Toronto Raptors to win. You'd never doubt the heart of a champion. They were all there last year when they won. Every single player on that floor won a ring with the Toronto Raptors last year. OG did have the medical um, procedure where he wasn't involved in the playoffs last year. But... Don't get it twisted. OG Ananobi is a phenomenal player. He's a cold-blooded shooter. He will hit the threes. If Toronto wants to win this game, though, tomorrow, number 43 has to step up. Pascal Siakam has been invisible this series, and it's been kind of the downfall of the Toronto Raptors, really. If if he plays a good game in Game 2 or if he plays a better game in some other games, this series is already wrapped up, and Toronto's booked a ticket to face the Miami Heat. But... Pascal Siakam, who has been the Raptors' best player all season long, has kind of taken a vacation uh, during the second round of the playoffs against the Celtics, and the Raptors need him. They need him to step up tomorrow. He needs to at least, I'm going to say at least get 20 points because that has been hard for him to break during these playoffs, and really, he's their best player. So when your best player isn't like performing the way he should be performing, and you're still going to Game Seven. If he steps up and the other and the rest of the team plays how they have been playing, with the exception of Marc Gasol, who needs who also needs to step up, the Raptors do have a great, very good chance. And then Boston can counter that though with Kemba Walker only had five points in Game Six in 53 minutes, and whether or not he was fouled at the end of the game before overtime to you know to make that game-winning layup, he only had five points and. The Raptors played a, played a box and one uh, a box no defense on on Kemba, and they did not let him gather any rhythm throughout the start of the game, and it really really affected Kemba's game. So the one thing I want to say about the Boston Celtics is they have been a lot better with a three ball, 
and I really think that Toronto needs to sort of come out and they got to defend the perimeter. Uh, and Toronto needs to drive more. They got to drive more in the paint. There's no one on that floor that can defend Siakam on the post. There's no one on the floor that should be able to defend Ibaka or Gasol driving the net. But we, we play too much perimeter offense, and when we're not making our shots, that's how we find ourselves down 12, 15, 16 points to the Boston Celtics. So really, I think Toronto should win Game 7. I think they have a better chance to win Game 7. And Kyle Lowry, if he comes out, if Kyle Lowry and the Toronto Raptors make it to the Eastern Conference Finals again this year, regardless what happens against Miami, which I think the winner of this series beats Miami, but regardless what happens against Miami, there's no doubting the fact that the Toronto Raptors are a top three team in the NBA. You can't say that they're not. They are. They won a championship last year. They lost Kawhi Leonard, who is arguably the best player in the NBA right now. And they're, they're still here. They're still in a game seven against Boston. And look what happened in the 76ers. They got swept against Boston. Look what happened in the Milwaukee Bucks. They lost in five to the Miami Heat. Toronto's the best team in the East. They got to show it tomorrow. They really got to show it tomorrow. And Siakam has to show why that trade with the Thunder was never made for Paul George. He's got to show why tomorrow. Tomorrow is the biggest game of Siakam's Toronto Raptors career to this date, in my opinion. Again, yes, the finals. Yeah, okay, sure. But Siakam could take a night off in the finals and Leonard would drop 30 or 40. Who knows, right? With Siakam, he needs to step up tomorrow. He needs to get at least 20 points. He, he's got to get going early tomorrow. Forget the three ball. Put your nose down. Drive to the rim. Try and get some and ones. Whatever. Produce the way you know how to produce. Going on to the West, it's going to be the Clippers versus Lakers. Everyone knew this before the season even started. Everyone knew this during the season. It's going to be LA versus LA. Like There was no, there was no doubt about it. Uh, I think the Clippers are going to beat the Lakers just because I feel like they're a more consistent team than the Lakers are. Uh, LeBron James in the playoffs is a very scary man, but I really do think that Kawhi, Paul George is starting to feel himself a bit. Uh, Beverly off the bench is a great player, and so is Lou Williams. I have the Clippers. I have the Clippers in seven, though. I don't think they win it in five or six. I think it goes to a game seven. Uh, I know I'm saying this prematurely because the teams aren't in the Western Conference Finals yet, but I don't see Denver coming back against the Clippers. They were down 3-1 against the Utah Jazz. The Clippers are a much different team than the Utah Jazz. And the Lakers are going to beat the Houston Rockets. I, I don't think Houston, with the small ball that they play, it's not going to work against the Lakers. So, Lakers-Clippers, and I want to see Toronto and Miami, but like I said, I think the Raptors win tomorrow, Game 7. Larry has shown why he's the best player ever in Raptors history, but the Raptors really, really, really needs Siakam to step up. Let's uh let's focus on the NHL. Let's get into the NHL now. Um Tampa Bay up 2-0 against the New York Islanders and Vegas and Dallas both nodded at one apiece in the series. Tampa Bay is the best team. I said it last time, I'll say it again this time. The Tampa Bay Lightning are the best team in the NHL. They are. I know what happened last year. I know that they choked against the Blue Jackets and it was the greatest choke in NHL history. I understand that. That was last year. That's not this year. Seriously, with the teams remaining, the New York Islanders, the Dallas Stars, and the Vegas Golden Knights, tell me a team that can beat the... If the Lightning are playing their best game, what team can beat them in in four times in a seven-game series? It's not the Islanders. I can show you that one right now. It's not Vegas. It's not Dallas. The Tampa Bay is the best team in the NHL, and it's shown that they can play an offensive game and a defensive game. Vasilevsky is a wall. That guy is so 
talented. He is so good. And like I said, he's really, he's going to take over the NHL. Once once Carey Price kind of starts dwindling down, it's going to be Vasilevsky's league. It is. He's the best goal in the NHL, not wearing number 31. He really, really is. And you can make the argument he's better than Price. But Vasilevsky, you got Braden Point, who everyone's saying, is he taking that jump to a superstar? He already was a superstar. He's just showing everyone, hey, by the way, I'm a superstar. They're doing all this, all this, by the way, without Steven Stamkos. Think about that. They're doing all this without a 40-50 goal scorer. That's insane. Tampa Bay is not going to be beat. I, I don't know if the Islanders maybe bring it to five, maybe six, but Tampa Bay has scored... What, not 10 goals in two games against the Islanders? That's unheard of. I understand that one of the games had eight goals, but that's still eight goals. Eight two. Uh, Lightning are way too good. Kucherov is way too good. Nine seconds left again last night, so they're up to nothing. And when you go to Vegas and Dallas, both teams are, are neck and neck. Really, they're built pretty similarly. Like They have some star power up front, but they're not like the most recognizable names. They have some pretty solid defensemen, some good goaltending. Not the greatest goaltending, but some good goaltending. Robin Leonard has actually played pretty pretty well lately for uh, Vegas, so I'll say that. But I have Dallas winning the series. I always bet against Vegas, and it always kind of bites me. So I would not be surprised if Vegas ends up winning this because I bet against them all the time. But to me, with the Dallas Stars, is uh, they are, they're just sort of on this. I know they lost last game, but... I think they're a team that can that can really cause damage. And if you fall into their game, they will beat you. Also, Miro Heiskanen is still making... Imagine if the Dallas Stars win the Stanley Cup and Miro Heiskanen wins the Conn Smythe. The guy's 20, 21 years old, and he's winning the Conn Smythe as a defenseman. We're ta- we talk about Makar. We talk about Hughes. Even we talked more about Rasmus Dahlin than Haskinen this year. And now Haskinen's like, guys, by the way, I might be better than all of those defensemen. I am the best young defenseman in the NHL. And he's showing it right now that he actually is. And Dallas's structure to me is just, they're a very difficult team. They got four very good lines. They got some solid defensemen. They got, you know, Klingberg, Haskinen. They got Issa Lindell, who's a very, very underrated defensive defenseman. Uh, they got Alexiak, who's been very good this playoffs. They're a good team. And Vegas is a good team, too. Now, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if Vegas wins. I think this series goes to seven. I think with the way that both these teams play, it drags out to game seven. But I really like Tampa Bay's chances to win the Stanley Cup, all in all. Because I don't see any of the teams left beating them four times in a seven-game series. I really don't. And... Even Tampa Bay's defensemen are playing lights out. Victor Hedman is playing like the best defenseman in the NHL, which he is. Him and Yossi, in my opinion, are the two best defensemen. Uh, Kucherov is playing unreal. Brandon Point is playing unreal. It's Tampa Bay. What do you expect? What we all expect is them to choke, because that's what they usually do. But I think this year hits differently with Tampa Bay. I don't think they're going to choke this away. I really don't. They've shown too many good qualities this year, during the playoffs at least, that... I don't see happening this year. So that's the NHL wrap. That's the NBA wrap. Now let's get into the main focus of today's show. The NFL tonight is beginning between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Houston Texans. Now I'm going to go through who I have making the playoffs as an early prediction. This is going to change with the season, of course, because 
let's be honest here. It's starting up. Everyone's excited and all that. It's going to be different. You know, we're not going to get sold out crowds. The Superdome isn't going to be sold out. Arrowhead's not going to be sold out. Uh, Arrowhead actually has 22% capacity. Uh, 22% of the the maximum capacity is allowed into their uh, stadium tonight. So we'll see how that goes. That is going to set the precedent, I think, for set the precedent for what other teams are able to do uh, involving getting their fans into the building and whatnot. But it's going to be different. It, it really is, especially with some players who have opted out. Now, I don't think there's been like a massive, massive name that's opted out. I think the most recognizable is uh, probably Donta Hightower, Patrick Chung, who uh, they play for the same team. Um, you know, uh, L- LDT from the Chiefs opted out, but because he he's a doctor. So, I mean, that's pretty impressive. But I don't think there's any massive names that have opted out. Uh, there's been some massive injuries. Just mo- most recently, Von Miller, who got injured, he's going to miss the season. But that happens every season. So, really, it's going to be different. But I think you'll still see every team's best performance. And, hey, we see what happens in the NBA, in the NHL, with the zero fans thing. Both teams are still playing very competitive very competitive uh, uh, hockey and basketball. So I think the same thing's going to be happening with football. You hear some interviews with some players. They're all saying, yeah, you know, we get it that there's not going to be any fans or at least not the same amount of fans that we're used to. It's still the same game. It's still football. We still got to go out there. It's still our job. We're going to play our best and, and and try and win that Super Bowl because at the end of the day, that's still the ultimate prize is the Super Bowl. That's America's favorite trophy. You're trying to win America's favorite trophy, which is a Super Bowl. So we'll, we'll go into my predictions. We'll go into uh, who I think is going to make the playoffs from the AFC and the NFC today. Um, I'm going to be talking about the Patriots a bit, who I don't think are going to make the playoffs uh, in the AFC. But really, the AFC, my AFC picture are from the 1 to 4 seed. There, are, By the way, there are three wildcard teams this year. Remember that. Seven teams are in the playoffs. So it's the Kansas City Chiefs, the Baltimore Ravens, the Tennessee Titans and the Buffalo Bills in that order. That's why I think the, I think Kansas City takes the first seed, Baltimore takes the second seed, Tennessee takes the third seed, and Buffalo takes the fourth seed. Now I was skeptical of okay, are the Bills going to beat up the Titans? Or the Titans going to beat up the Bills? Not too sure there yet. Judging off last season, how far Tennessee went, I'm going to just put Tennessee there. For, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt right now. And the wildcard teams I have Houston, Pittsburgh, and Denver. And then on the cusp, I have the Cleveland Browns and the Colts. Now I'm going to talk about I'm going to talk about Baltimore for a second. They do have the easiest schedule in the NFL after coming off of a 14 and two season. The one thing that kind of concerns me about uh, the Ravens, though, are did they peak last year? Like that's the question you have to ask now with the Baltimore Ravens. Now it's hard to say yes because Lamar Jackson is only entering his his junior season in the NFL, his third season in the NFL. Uh, you know, Ingram's still there. Holly, Hollywood Brown is 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 maturing. They lost Earl Thomas, who was a top three, top five safety in the NFL, which kind of hurts. But if he was a locker room cancer at the end of it, then it's it's not that big of a loss. the The one thing with the Ravens, what I do feel like is is last year they were a really good team, but I felt like once the, if you force the Ravens to pass the ball on you, they're not going to win. They don't have the best weapons. And Lamar Jackson, let's be honest here, if if it's a shootout between Lamar and, we'll say, Mahomes, we'll say uh, Watson, I'm taking Mahomes and Watson over Lamar Jackson. I'm not saying that, you know, Lamar Jackson's not a good quarterback because he, he won the MVP last year and he is a good quarterback. But Mahomes and Watson, to me, are better natural throwers of the football. So I think that 
Baltimore's the two seed. Kansas City, I think, is going to run the show in the in the AFC. They uh, that Clyde Edwards-Helaire, I think, is going to show a lot of people that he is the next great running back. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in the NFL. No one, no one should question that. I don't think anyone, anyone should should really question that. So, really, you're 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 looking at it, and it's gonna be Kansas City, Baltimore, Tennessee. Uh, the Bills, Stephon Diggs, massive, massive acquisition. They finally got their number one receiver. John Brown was good, but Diggs is a much better, I think, number one than John Brown. Tennessee, the thing that scares me with Tennessee is Tannehill. I, was it just you know was it just a flash last year, or is he actually that game manager that can take you to the next level? We'll see. I don't know, though. I think if Tennessee, if Derrick Henry struggles at all, I easily have Buffalo ahead of Tennessee. Wildcard teams, Texans, I think Deshaun Watson's too good to miss the playoffs, personally. The Pittsburgh Steelers are a team that they've been bitten with the injury bug now the past two seasons. And when they're healthy, they can compete with any team. People kind of forget about this, but last year, the Steelers were competing with the Ravens. And they made the game very close against the San Francisco 49ers. And when Roethlisberger was healthy, they almost beat the Seahawks. They're a good team. They have, in my opinion, when you're, when you're talking about the best defense, who's going to be the best defense in the NFL this year? Is it, It's not going to be the Patriots. Half their players opted out. The Niners, I still have my concerns about in their secondary a bit. Uh, the, uh, the Ravens, they could be their linebacking core. Patrick Queen's still unproven. I think it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think they have the best defense in the NFL this year. And if you have the best defense in the NFL, chances are you're going to have a very good shot at making the playoffs. Now, again, it's can they stay healthy? Can Big Ben play the way we're used to seeing Ben Roethlisberger play? Can James Conner stay on the field? Can Juju really elevate himself to become that number one receiver? It's a lot of questions for Pittsburgh. But it's mainly on the offensive side of the ball because we know that they're going to ball it defensively. Micah Fitzpatrick is going to assert himself as a top three safety again this year. Joe Hayden has already brought his name back up to relevancy where he lost it when he was with the Cleveland Browns in his first couple seasons with Pittsburgh. I don't know. Devin Bush might be a pro bowler this year. I wouldn't be surprised at all. TJ Watt is a top five, top three pass rusher in the NFL. So I have Pittsburgh there and then I have Denver. I, I think now the loss of Von Miller really, really made it hard to put Denver there. But I think if Drew Locke, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sun, if they can get going, their defense is still going to be playing pretty good. I mean, Vic Fangio is a very good defensive coach. So I have the Broncos there, but I have the Browns and the Colts kind of sitting on the cusp of the playoffs. And to be quite honest with you, if the Browns offense can somehow work, and the reason I say somehow is because every year it seems like something goes wrong with the Browns, especially on the offensive side of the football. If Baker Mayfield can put the media behind him and actually focus on playing the sport that he's paid to play, yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised to see the Browns up there with like a ten and six record or or a nine and seven or eleven and five. I don't think they I don't think they break past a ten win mark this year, but I wouldn't be surprised to see the Browns to the ten and six record. And they play their they play their division pretty tight, so. I have the Browns there, and then I have the Colts. Uh, they were a good team last year, but Brissett was kind of bringing them down. They have some questions offensively, but I really think that if they can run the ball efficiently with Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing the Colts up there because Michael Pittman, the rookie, and T.Y. Hilton, good receiving core there. Paris Campbell might break out this year. So I really do have the... Uh, I really do like the the Colts this year. I think they're going to be a good team. I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs, but I think they're going to be a better team than last year. Uh, 
The Patriots are an interesting team. I don't think they make the playoffs. They had way too many players opt out this year. They did. Patrick Chung, Donta Hightower. Those are two-year defensive leaders. They opted out. Their receiving core is not good. I think they're banking on Nikhil Harry. I think. That's my guess. But their receiving core is not that good. And then you got Cam Newton, who is not Tom Brady, but Cam Newton's a good player. He's a really good quarterback still. I think he's a really good quarterback. And I think that the the Patriots, you know, McDaniels and and, uh, and Belichick, I think are going to have a run-heavy approach. I think Michelle, I think Sonny Michelle is going to be the most important player on that offense this year. I think that he needs to take over as as the premier back and as the guy that they can lean on because it's not Nikhil Harry. It's not Julian Edelman. They released Muhammad's new. Cam Newton is coming off a shoulder injury. Really, Cam Newton hasn't played a full season in how long now? I think Sonny Michelle needs to step up, and I think he needs to be. If they want any chance, I think their defense is still going to be okay, not as good as it was last year. If they want any chance to have a wild card dream or a division dream, I don't think I don't think they're going to win the division. But Michelle needs to become a top ten running back this year. That's what I think, and I think that the Patriots are. Hey, man, if, if the Cam Newton thing doesn't work out, and they end up going four or five or eleven. There's three quarterbacks in this year's draft where that can transform a team. Trevor Lawrence, who has been often, often, often compared to Peyton Manning, a more athletic Peyton Manning. That is scary. Justin Fields, who reminds me of a Russell Wilson clone. And Trey Lance from North Dakota, who looks very good. He literally looks like Carson Wentz. He looks the same as Carson if the Patriots get one of those, that's it. The rebuild's already fine, whatever. So, really, the Patriots are kind of in a win-win situation right now where no one's really expecting much. The only reason why people are expecting the Patriots to make the playoffs is because of their pedigree is because of Bill Belichick. Like, you take away Belichick from that team right now. We'll say Belichick left, and we'll say a new coach got hired. Everyone's gonna, Everyone would pin the Patriots as a bottom-five team, probably. So, to be quite honest, I, I don't think the Patriots make the playoffs but if they if they finish with like five wins four wins six they can get themselves a very good quarterback of the future let's shift over to the nfc now so nfc in my opinion is more competitive than the afc the better teams are it's it's a more well-rounded division than the afc uh you know the afc you have teams like the bengals your teams like the jags the jets the dolphins the nfc even the bad teams maybe outside of the detroit lions are somewhat competitive still like i think the giants are going to be a competitive team this year i don't think they're going to win much but they're gonna be a competitive team this year but the nfc picture i have the number one seed i've never put the saints as a number one seed because i don't like i'm a saints fan i don't like jinxing it but i really think that we have the best roster in the nfc number two are the san francisco 49ers number three are the philadelphia eagles number four are the green bay packers and then in my wild card i have the buccaneers the vikings and the seahawks with the Rams, Cowboys, and Falcons on that cusp, they're probably not going to make the playoffs. So. so let's talk about the NFC now. The Saints added two very good veterans to their team with Emmanuel Sanders and Malcolm Jenkins. I think their team got better. This is Drew Brees' last ride. Uh, Alvin Kamara was in trade talks for a second, and now they're like, oh, we're on the verge of a deal, and Kamara is fully healthy. He he played with a torn knee last year and still got over almost a 1,500 yards from scrimmage. Don't sleep on Kamara. Trust me. Last time people did that, he won Rookie of the Year. So don't sleep on Kamara. I think the Saints are the best team in the NFL on paper. 
again, we're used to them sort of choking in the playoffs, especially to the Vikings. So we'll see what happens there. The 49ers, again, I don't see them having much of a drop-off. I think Debo Samuel takes over that number one receiving role. Uh, He kind of fit himself into that last year. Now he is questionable. No one really knows the timetable when he returns. They're a good team. They're phenomenal. Their D-line is still arguably the best defensive line in the entire NFL. Fred Warner marked himself as one of the best linebackers in the NFL last year. Sherman had a bounce-back season, but there's just some questions about the secondary that kind of worry me about the 49ers. And I might get some hate for this, but I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is a guy that you can lean on to pass the ball 30, 40 times a game and win consistently. So if Mostert or Tevin Coleman don't get going, I don't like the 49ers' chances of in of beating the Saints in the divi- in, in the conference. I think they're still a playoff team regardless of Garoppolo not throwing the ball 30, 40 times a game, but I, I think the Saints are a better team this year. Number three is the Eagles. Now, this is a team that I struggled to put at number three, but the Eagles, to me, are a team that, when they're not injured, which seems like they are always injured, they just lost Brandon Brooks and Andre Dillard for the season. So, uh, RIP their offensive line. They still got Lane Johnson, though. They got Jason Peters back, Jason Kelsey. Like, they still have a decent offensive line. Carson Wentz, is he going to stay healthy? Is he going to get injured? Is Jalen Hurts going to come in? How's that going to work out? Um, the receiving core, Alshon Jeffrey, how's he going to be? Jalen Rager got injured. We'll see. The injuries kind of scare me with the Eagles. I think when they're a healthy roster, though, they're they're the number three team in the in the NFC. I think Carson Wentz is a good quarterback, and he gets hate on a lot because people expect him to to be this unbelievable quarterback with almost zero weapons. Miles Sanders, keep that name in mind. I think he's going to break out this year. Their defense, their defense looks good. It doesn't look phenomenal, but it looks good enough that they can, you know. I think they're a better team than the Cowboys, and I think they're going to win their division. I think they're a better team than the Packers, so I have the Eagles at number three. And the Packers at number four, it was hard for me to pick the Packers or the Vikings. It really, really, really was. I think the Packers are better, are a better, have a better chance. Um, I just like Aaron Rodgers a lot more than I like Kirk Cousins, and the Vikings may have a better roster on paper, but if you look at their secondary, they lost, they lost their two star, They lost Xavier Rhodes. They lost Mackenzie Alexander. They lost Trey Waynes. Now, they did draft Jeff Gladney, but he's an unproven rookie, so we can't really put him up there with everyone right now. It, it, it's kind of it's difficult to, to really realize who, who is going to uh, win the division, but I have the Packers. I, I like their secondary more, so that's why I have the Green Bay Packers there. And, uh, and then in my wild card, I have the Minnesota Vikings, who I think Justin Jefferson is going to take over quite nicely for Stefan Diggs. I really like that pick. And their offensive line kind of gives me some worries. Delvin Cook, if he can stay healthy, it's going to be another top. Again, he's going to have another top five running back season. And then I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, also in the wild card. Uh, I'm going to talk about them in a second. So I'm going to move on to the Seattle Seahawks as the last uh, wild card team I have. It's hard for me to pick the Rams over the Seahawks right now, but I wouldn't be surprised to see the LA Rams there. I really, really like their team still. Seattle, their offensive line worries me. They got to let Russell Wilson pass the ball a bit more. And their defense wasn't that good last year. Now, they did go out there. They got Jamal Adams, which was a very good pickup. But really, I don't like the Seahawks roster on paper. They don't they have one of the worst defensive lines in the NFL. They have one of the worst offensive lines. That's what the 
the two most important things you need outside of a quarterback they lack. They lost to Davion Clowney, who I think is extremely overrated, but they still lost him. Bobby Wagner's there, so that helps still. It does. Shaquille Griffin's a good corner. Jamal Adams is a top five safety. So they, they sell some pieces defensively, but don't be surprised if the Rams come back to in the playoff picture this year because they still have a really good receiving core. Jared Goff is still a good quarterback. Cam Akers has had a terrific camp. Their offensive line is still good. Aaron Donald is still Aaron Donald. They did lose Corey Littleton, which is a big loss for them because they don't really have many linebackers now. And I see everyone saying, oh, they also lost Dante Fowler, which is a big loss. Yeah. Yeah, Dante Fowler was a was a was a decent like decently big loss for them, but they still have Aaron Donald. Like you don't need these star players to play with Aaron Donald. He is that good. And, you know, they still got John Johnson. So I wouldn't be surprised to see the Rams. And on the cusp of the playoffs, I like I said, I have the Rams, the Cowboys, and the Falcons. I think the Falcons are a team that they peaked in twenty sixteen with their Super Bowl that ended up being a complete choke. But I still think that if their defense can resemble some sort of defense, <laughs> um, that they'll have a chance. Because that offense is still a really good offense. And I think Todd Gurley has a, has a bit of a bounce back here this year. But let's talk about the Buccaneers. That's the team I want to get into. Um, they are deemed the winners of the offseason. They made the most, uh, I guess, headlines. They signed Tom Brady. They got Rob Gronkowski back. They signed Leonard Fournette recently. They got LaShawn McCoy. They got some good players. Now, LaShawn McCoy, I'm not really going to count because, I mean, he's a he's not that he's not the same McCoy as we're used to. So, with the Buccaneers, I see them being a 10 to 11 team win. Uh, a 10 to an 11 win team, my bad. Uh, they're a good team. They really are. They have a lot of good, good players moving ahead. Um, their defense still kind of worries me. It, they did come on at the end of the season, but it's the inconsistency of the defense that worries me, and their offensive line worries me. Ryan Jensen's a good centerman. Uh, uh, sorry, is a, is a good center. Ali Marpet is one of the better guards in, in the NFL. Tristan Wirfs is a really good pick, who I think is going to be a good player, but he's unproven, so I, I still get to really... I can't throw him in as a good offensive lineman. Uh, and then they they lack those 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 other two, the, the left guard and the left tackle. So... Really, to me, it's, yeah, they're a good team, and they're going to make the playoffs, I believe. But I don't think they're better than the Saints. I think the Saints have a better roster than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and that's not a knock to Tampa Bay. And the one thing I want a lot of fans to know that, okay, are the Buccaneers getting overhyped? Maybe, but you got to think last year. Jameis Winston, I believe, including the fumbles, he had like 41 turnovers. Tom Brady's not going to have 41 turn, and the Buccaneers finished with like a 7-9, 8-8 record. Without those turnovers, they probably win, we'll say, three more games, which is why I had them as a 10-win or an 11-win team. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin formed the best receiving duo in the NFL. We'll see what happens this year with that, by the way, because I think Michael Thomas and Manuel Sanders can make their case. But as of right now, it's Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. They got Rob Gronkowski back, who kind of, he was a shell of himself. Let's be honest here. When he retired, he was a shell of himself. But I still think that... uh. I still think that he's going to be productive, especially Brady as a quarterback. And Tom Brady, who, yes, he's 43. Yes, he's not the same quarterback he was at age 35 or 33. It's Tom Brady, though. He's still going to find a way to win. That leadership role is just huge. And I really think that players are going to want to play with him. Players are going to listen to him. Players are going to be like, this is our guy. 
So I have Tampa Bay in the, in the wild card, and I think that's a safe pick. And I like my picks for the NFC. I really do. I I believe last year I got out of the six teams in the playoffs, I got four out of six. So that's that's a pretty good uh, that's a pretty good record for that. And I think the Buccaneers are a phenomenal team. Also, the one thing about the Buccaneers that everyone kind of forgets is don't sleep on Devin White, the rookie out of LSU from last year. So his sophomore season this year. I think he's going to be a pro bowler. I think he's going to turn into one of the best linebackers in the NFL this year. He's that good. He was that good at LSU. So I do like the Bucks roster. I really do. Uh, I think they push the Saints, but I still think the Saints have about a two-game two or one-game lead on them at the end of the season. Basically, last year the Saints, I believe, clinched in like week 12 or like week, or like week 13. It's not going to be like that this year. The Buccaneers are going to be right there uh, with them. So really... A lot. There's. It's still gonna be very competitive this year, regardless of fans, regardless of no fans, whatever. But we're gonna end this episode off with our top ten teams in the NFL, according to me. And we're gonna go from number ten all the way up to number one. Now, my honorable mentions here. Let me get this straight. I have the Steelers as an honorable honorable mention, and I have the Seahawks as an honorable mention. And I know I'm going to get a lot of hate for not having Seattle as a top ten team. They got too many holes, and I know Russell Wilson covers up a lot of them, but hypothetically speaking, their division's going to be a lot more competitive this year. Arizona's going to be a better team this year. The Rams are going to be a better team this year. The 49ers are, had their number last year, beat them beat them both times. So, I don't know if Seattle is that team. They could make the wild card. I wouldn't be surprised if they made the wild card, but basically... My top 10 teams, so coming in at number 10 are the Minnesota Vikings, like I said before, Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson. Uh, they, they have a very good team. The only thing that worries me about their, they just added Yannick and Gakwe, but the only thing that worries me about the Vikings is their secondary and their offensive line. They've had offensive line wheels now for a while. I think they're a wild card team. I think they can push the Packers for the division, but I still have them at my number 10 team. Number nine, I had the Tennessee Titans. The Titans are a great team. They made the AFC Championship game last year. Um, their main concern, I think, is should be Ryan Tannehill. I think it's going to come down to if Tannehill can play the way he played last year, yeah, they're going to be an 11-win team, a 12-win team. If he cannot play the way he played last year, that's when they fall to 8-8 and, eight and a team like the Steelers jump them. Or even like a team like the Colts will jump them. Coming in at number eight, I have the Green Bay Packers. They're a really good team. Have a very good secondary. Jair Alexander is going to be very good. David Bakhtiari, best tackle in the, in the league. Some some might say he's top three, and some might say he's the best. Either way, Aaron Rodgers, still a top five quarterback. Aaron Jones, a top seven running back. Devontae Adams, a top five receiver. They got they got players. The Darius Smith, Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary is looking great in camp. Christian Kirksey, healthy, is going to be a good linebacker. The Packers are going to be a good team this year. They really are. Darnell Savage is going to break out as a top 10 safety, mark my words. Uh, number seven are the Philadelphia Eagles, who, if they can remain healthy, which is a big if, they have a very, very good chance of winning. Their division, they have a very, very good chance of becoming the third best team in the, in the NFC. And I think that's what's going to happen if they stay healthy. That's the main thing is health. I've already gone through everything else with them. They have to stay healthy. Number six, I have the Buffalo Bills. Adding Stefan Diggs, that defense is tremendous. It's going to rival Pittsburgh for the best defense in the NFL. Stefan Diggs, John Brown, uh, Cole Beasley, uh, they're, they're, they're tight in Knox. They have a decent offensive line. They just locked up Deion Dawkins for a while now. They just locked up They just locked up Tredavious White. And I think Devin Singletary is going to be a, a pretty good running back. I don't know if he's going to be a top 10 running back, but he's going to be a really good running back in his sophomore season. So I think the, the Bills sit at number 6. 
Now, number five, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I've already explained everything I needed to about them. Tom Brady, winner. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, best receiving duo in the NFL. Rob Gronkowski, OJ Howard, revamped a bit on the offensive line. Shaq Barrett led the league in sacks last year. Devin White going to break out. Levante David, most underrated linebacker in the NFL. I think, I think the Buccaneers are, are good. I think it depends on... Their, I have the same concerns about the uh, with, with the Buccaneers as I do with the Vikings. Offensive line and secondary. If they can both play well, the Buccaneers are going to be up there for sure. Number four, the San Francisco 49ers. Already explained them. The Jimmy Garoppolo, good, not great in my opinion. Raheem Mostert and Tevin Coleman make a very good one-two punch. You have Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, uh, who just got drafted 25th overall. Uh, and Kendrick Bourne as as your as your receivers. You got your offensive line. Trent Williams, newcomer for Joe Staley. I think that's an upgrade. Their defense, their secondary, has to be a bit better in my opinion. But we'll see what happens there. Number three, the New Orleans Saints. I think they're the best roster on paper. I don't think there's many weaknesses about the New Orleans Saints. They have a top two, top three offensive line. They have a top five quarterback, top five running back, best receiver in football. Emmanuel Sanders is one of the better number two receivers in football. Tight end, Jared Cook, top 10. You look at their defensive line, Cameron Jordan, top three or top five at his position. Linebackers, Demario Davis, top five. Marshawn Lattimore, corner, top five, top 10. Marcus Williams, um, C.D. Deuce, who was known as Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, but he changed his names to C.D. Deuce. So he's going to break out from this year. Malcolm Jenkins, they're a good team. Uh, it just depends now how they play. They usually just die off. That's what happens to the Saints. They are unbeatable in the month of October. They are pretty, virtually unbeatable in the month of November. December, they play very well. And then January is when they decide to take that vacation and go, okay, so we'll see. I think they're I think they're a team that's going to win 13 games again this year. So Saints are number three. At number two, I have Kansas City. Now, it's weird to have Kansas City as a number one seed but not have them as my top te- uh, as my best team because Baltimore is my my best team in the NFL. The reason I I have ba- Kansas City over Baltimore is because I would trust Mahomes in a bigger situation than Lamar Jackson. But I still think Baltimore is a better team than Kansas City on paper. I still think Baltimore has less holes than Kansas City does. Although the Chiefs did win the Super Bowl, so if you were to tell me that Kansas City is the best team in the NFL right now, I would not disagree. I think the Ravens are going to be and the Chiefs are going to fight for that one two this year. Uh, and I really, really do believe that Kansas City, uh, you know, the fact that they locked up Mahomes to that monstrous deal, Travis Kelsey, they locked him up. Chris Jones, they locked him up. So uh, Kansas City at number two and then Baltimore number one. And I think this is, I think Baltimore is a team that if Lamar has taken steps in terms of like uh, strides when it comes to passing the football, Baltimore. Uh, I think Baltimore can knock out Kansas City, but I think Baltimore is the best team on paper in the NFL outside of the Saints. And the only reason I have the Ravens over the Saints in that regard as well, because I do think the Saints actually have a better team than Baltimore on paper. It's just, I don't know about Drew Brees' arm. His arm might completely just give out come December because that's what's happened recently. So guys, thank you for tuning in again. Uh, to the extra frame those that's my NFL talk NBA NHL exciting exciting stuff playoffs start of the season and uh, and take care guys and hope you guys have a great night